This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage cloud. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirt. That's not bad, sir. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of The Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite uh, shows on Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and other shows, too. I'm Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Well... We were supposed to be talking about moonlighting today, but then something very tragic happened and we had to change our programming. Because, and this kind of upsets me a little bit. I can see that. Suzanne Summers passed away. Yeah, RIP. You were in Palm Springs this weekend, weren't you, Les? Yes, yes. That's where she passed away, right? Yeah, yeah, I was there um, because I was there um, for uh, the Pride on the pra- the Page, which was a queer book uh, book fair. Mm-hmm. I was there on Friday and Saturday. Little, little did I know that Suzanne Summers was passing away while I was in town. Yeah, this did is... She, the- oh, go ahead, Kurt, sorry. Did she, uh, did she pass away at home? She probably did. I believe she did. Yeah, I believe that's what I read. Okay. Well, this is what was so sad about the whole situation. So I think today or either yesterday or today was her birthday. It's today. And so she passed today. away the today day before her birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're recording this on Monday, October 16th, 2023. So her entire family was in town because she was supposed to have a big birthday party. I read that they were basically really? turning into a celebration of her life, which I think is the, the nice way to, to um, take advantage of that moment. Uh, and I, I don't know Suzanne personally, but just knowing what I knew about her and her career and her spirit, it seems like something that she would have liked. I knew people, several people, who, have at, who had actually worked with her over the years and I did not hear one mean thing. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that she was always very nice. She was very pleasant to work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you know Jason and you too, Kirk. When you talk to somebody, you always hear a couple of mean things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, right. I, I, I worked as an extra on Step by Step twice. And I, I don't remember her being nice or not nice. Like, you don't really interact with the, the leads of the show usually. But the, the mood on set both times seemed very upbeat. Everyone seemed happy, so... And, you know, like stuff like that, it literally does trickle down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Makes a difference. So if now, was she, they're expecting her to pass away, right? She's been battling breast cancer for a very, very, very long 20, time. 20, over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Has she, uh, do we know if she was on, was she on hospice care or? I, I haven't heard it, one way or another, yeah. so I, I don't know. 
Okay. But, and I think that she was battling her cancer homeopathically. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know? But 20, you know, 20 years. Do you know that? I she know that talked about I, it a lot in the press, didn't she? Yeah, and I know, like, she was, like, her... I know one of the things she talked about, like, she talked about how she didn't get menopause because she would take bioidentical hormones. So she was really big on, like, alternative medicine and alternative Mm -hmm. therapies. That I know because she would talk about it on camera. Yeah. Well, the alternative stuff is all right. If it's supplementing, you know, real proven medicine i don't know what she was i don't i don't know what she was using i don't know what the uh, story was but but yeah it's kind of like you know 20 someone put sent me a a dm and they were like 2023 has been fucking up (laughs) with the people with just the different people who have passed away this year I I've had like, worse years. I feel like it's that way every year. Yeah, same. I, I, but in terms of like celebrities passing away, I feel like everyone says that. But part of that is that we're getting older, so the celebrities that we loved are getting older too. This is Cause inevitable. Because this is another one that's like, oh, another chunk of my childhood ripped away. Yeah, I mean, this one was a big one for <laughs> yeah. me because Three's Company still remains one of my favorite TV shows of all time. This is, you know, I was very young when the show came out, but I, I still watched it when I could, uh, when I was allowed. And it, it was very formative in my enjoyment of the, the half-hour television sitcom. Well, get this. Okay, so remember, so when I was 11, my family moved overseas. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get a lot of American programming. Mm-hmm. So I am watching Three's Company and Mary Tyler Moore for the first time. Oh, wow. Okay. Right now? I had only seen the first two episodes, two seasons of Three's Company. Okay. So this is a new episode for you then tonight. So this was a new episode. Yeah. I okay. I watched it, like I didn't watch it first run until it was a couple of seasons in because again yeah this is premiered in what seventy seven so I would have been about five so right. and I don't know if you remember less or you Kurt that when Three's Company came out it was controversial because ABC also had a big hit in Charlie's Angels. So they were getting kind of beat up in the press for what was being dubbed Jiggle TV. Because they had all of these shows that featured these hot women with, you know, supple breasts that were jumping around on the television. Mm. Now, the funny thing is, the the funny thing is, so I lived in Spain, right? So we didn't get Three as Company, but we did get Los Angeles de Charlie. Oh. Oh. And that's so what they called it. <laughs> Did you get the, the British show, Man About the House, that this was based on? No. That was a really old show. Have now, you ever and, seen and that? To, no. no. Never, I was just reading about it, though. I, they, so they when, a, when, when Three's Company was at its peak and it was doing – and it, was, it had already been syndicated, so it was wildly successful – uh, the 
producers of the British show Man About the House actually took that show out to syndication. So they showed it in New York City on uh, WNEW, which is now WNYW, uh, the, which is the Fox affiliate there. Uh, before Fox was a network. And so I've seen every episode of Man About the House as well. I've seen every episode wow. of Robin's Nest, which was the spinoff, which the American version was Three's a Crowd. Uh, oh, wow. The only one I haven't seen is George and Mildred. I don't think they showed that, or if they did, I didn't watch it, which is what became the Ropers here. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Yeah, funny. I um, I didn't mean to go uh, too far into the weeds about how she died, but I, I definitely also grew up with company it was on it was on in syndicated reruns so mm -hmm. it was on probably uhf channel here in the philadelphia area probably 29 or 17 and um yeah i used to watch it it was on like five days a week and i would you know i picked up on the fact that every show had to, it was always a, it was always a misunderstanding but mm -hmm. i just i just enjoyed it every single time yeah and then when i was older i remember a recent year i happened to watch see a piece of three's company i was like suzanne summers is like really funny like she's got because I didn't, I wasn't yeah. like paying attention to the nooks and crannies of it when I was a kid. Now I look at it as an adult, and I have, I have, I have appreciation for it. She has like great timing. Yeah, you know? yeah. She She's was the last one cast timing, in the show. Character because they they oh, really? they filmed two other pilots before the one that Suzanne was in. It yeah. was it was picked up the series. Um, it was a slightly different setting. They weren't in. Um, uh, Santa Monica. They were in North Hollywood, I believe. Uh, Jack wasn't Jack yet. He was named David. Uh, they hadn't cast Joyce DeWitt in the original pilot. And ABC first said they were going to pick it up the series. Oh no, they they didn't like that pilot. Then they decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up the series. They did another pilot with uh, Joyce DeWitt was in that one, I believe, but Susan Summers wasn't, perhaps. Uh -huh. And then the third time around, they went looking through all of the the tapes of the actresses that had um, auditioned and basically found Suzanne at the last minute. Even though she and kind she, of had a name for herself from being in American Graffiti. Yeah, American Graffiti, yeah. So we'll roll on that. What's weird is we had a puzzle when I was a kid. We had a Suzanne Summers puzzle. Mm -hmm. Chrissy and it was like a gift like a Christmas gift that my parents gave to my brother it's like <laughs> Susan Summers in this one piece bathing suit yeah because I think ABC saw how uh, Farrah Fawcett's career exploded when they started exploiting her sexuality so I think they were kind of doing the same thing with Suzanne yeah so wow. we had a puzzle I, I don't think we have it anymore I we most of that stuff doesn't didn't get thrown out. So we still have old puzzles, but I don't know where that thing went. It's probably, probably basement somewhere. It, it's probably a collector's item now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. We might not have yeah. it anymore. Yeah, sell it. I don't think, I don't think we have it anymore. I've not seen that thing in years. But, but yeah, it's, 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 cr oh, and then of course the most important thing is the fact that she got, she, she ended up getting fired because mm -hmm. At the time, which I didn't realize until I, I did a little research, so John Ritter was making one hundred and fifty thousand an episode, and Joyce Dewitt and Suzanne Somers were only making thirty thousand an episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow! It was and a so, huge deal at the time. I remember it even from back then. Like not from reading about it now. I remember it being a thing back mm -hmm. then. 
And so she, rightfully so, just asked to be paid as much as John Ritter. Mm -hmm. Right. And they fired her. Yeah. And this is when the show had become a monster hit. Because of her. Because of all of them. Yeah, but then the show... But the show did well without her. Not for a while. So when they, um, so you're not up to these episodes uh, yet, Les, but the, when she was going through the, the contract fight with the network, they basically kind of wrote her out of the show, but because they knew how popular she was, they made her make an appearance at the end of the episodes. So the ones she wasn't in, they would have Chrissy call to just give an update because she was checking in on her mother's health or something. So it would be this mm. awkward scene of just like Suzanne Summers on the phone talking to nobody. Oh, like Samantha on Sex in the City this past season. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that, it, but that went on for like half a season. It was super fucking awkward to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, at, at the season finale event, just like that, remember Sarah Jessica Parker and. Um, uh, Kim Cattrall had oh know, yeah had their beef. very and much so like that yes yes and yes yes so, yeah so she's like she like FaceTimed in mm-hmm. like the last episode for like five minutes yeah so and then so the next season they brought it they're like okay we need a funny blonde uh, so they brought in Jenny Lee Harrison who was a UCLA cheerleader didn't have any acting experience but she looked good jiggling, so they brought her in. And she was good playing off of John Ritter for the the physical comedy stuff, but she wasn't really that good on the show, and the ratings kind of took a dive. So they squeezed her out of the show, and that's when they brought in the the third roommate, Terry, who then lasted till the end of the series run. And actually, Terry, n- no offense to um, the fans of Suzanne that are listening to us right now, Terry was actually my favorite of the blonde roommates. And it's funny because... I knew about I knew about Priscilla Barnes because even though we didn't get um, Three's Company, we did get Vacaciones in El Mar, which was Love Boat, and she was always on Love Boat, oh, so yeah. I knew who she was. Susan Summers. Susan Summers probably wasn't on Love Boat, and also probably had b- kind of burned a bridge with ABC, so they probably didn't want her on Love Boat. But Priscilla Barnes was on Love Boat all the time. Priscilla, Priscilla Barnes was on Love Boat a lot. Her and, like, Barbie Benton. Yeah. I didn't know there were three of them. I didn't know there were three three blonde ladies. I thought yeah. there were only two. I didn't, yeah, it was I Chrissy and then her cousin Cindy. The and then it was Terry Alden, the nurse. And Terry, I think, lasted on the show about the same length of time that Suzanne was on the show. Oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm going to be binge-watching Three's Company. Okay. Because what, there were like seven seasons, eight seasons? Uh, Eight or nine. I think eight. And then there was one season, which sometimes they'll show in syndication, one season of Three's a Crowd, where after the um, Terry and Janet moved on with their lives, Jack moves in with his fiance above Jack's Bistro, his restaurant, which he has in the later seasons. And her, his fiance Vicky's dad is always like butting into their lives. And I know Joyce DeWitt was bitter because yeah. at, at Three's a Crowd. Oh yeah. Uh, not so much Three's a Crowd. She was they, like she was long bitter at uh, Suzanne Summers for the way that yeah. she left. 
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, and I, and I know they ended up making up. Mm-hmm. I know they ended up making up like during COVID, right? No, they made up uh, oh, wow. about 10 years ago on some, I think Suzanne had a like a YouTube show. And Joyce was on, and it is one of the most awkward things I've ever watched in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it like, uh, sorry. Well, because, I mean, they hadn't spoken for, you know, 25 years, 30 years, something like that at that point. So oh, that it, it was real, real awkward. Yeah. I remember this. Suzanne Summers used to do that thigh master, mm-hmm. too, where she was, like, moving her legs. Yeah. That's where she made all of her money. Yeah. It was kind of awkward. She was a good That's businesswoman. Where- she made all of her money from Thighmaster. Yeah. You know? But anyway, before we dive into this, let's talk about another national treasure. Mm-hmm. Do you have any Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Well, this is from Entertainment Tonight Online. Tyga requests sole custody of his and Black China's son, King Cairo. Um, Tyga and Black China's custody feud continues. In court documents obtained by Entertainment Tonight, the rapper has now filed a response to his ex-girlfriend's child custody suit, asking for full physical and legal custody of their son. Um, earlier this month, Black China, real name Angela White, <clears throat> asked the court for more visitation and transparency surrounding 10-year-old King Cairo whom he, she shares with Tyga. She also asked that the court order her ex to cover her legal bills. The 35-year-old model alleged that she currently only gets 24 hours a week with King, claiming Aww. that her ex refuses to directly communicate with her, share his contact information, or give her an address for where King lives. Additionally, she alleged that Tyga was holding back important information on King's health, safety, and welfare, such as the location of his school and his prescriptions. In his response this week, Tyga, 33, requested full physical and legal custody of King and that White be granted reasonable visitation on weekends. He is also asking that she provide written permission if wanting to take their son outside of the state and that they maintain the holiday schedule they've already set in place. White recently told Entertainment Tonight that the most important thing for me right now is battling my custody case to get my son. She continued, once that's out of the way, I feel I could go on to the next thing. But that right now is my main priority. My kids are my main priority, and I'm not going to give up at all. Moms don't give up on their kids. Apart from King, uh, White is also the mom of a six-year-old daughter, Dream, with her ex, Rob Kardashian. According to White, her kids are also the main reason she decided to deactivate her OnlyFans account earlier this year. I will never go back to OnlyFans, White said, adding that the money she made doesn't outweigh the negative aspects in her opinion. As fast as the money comes, as fast it goes. And also, too, it comes with a lot of negativity. You know, my kids are getting older. They see all these things, and I'm not going out like that. And that's wow. it. Wow. It's weird well, to be that- where her kid lives. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, I'm surprised that's not a, like you. You have to work with a social worker when you have are sharing custody, aren't you? Or yeah, it's she, weird. Has, she also doesn't know where the school is. Wait, wouldn't that be in in some sort of legal records uh, detailing their agreement? You would think. Hey, I'm not the one handling the case, no. but well, you should, Kurt. It is a strike. Get on it. I should be handling. Go that. get a legal yeah. agreement any, and report any, that. Any lo- any Good listeners luck. who are lawyers, please weigh well, in. I, 
I used to play a lawyer, and I did extra work on The Good Wife, so I probably could. I'm sure you picked I up also a lot was, that. I also was a doctor on New Amsterdam, so if anyone needs any surgery or anything, I could probably step in. Did you see them fighting on The Good Wife? Well, I told oh, you. Oh, you mean Kal- Kalinda and uh, or what's her name? Um, uh, Juliana Margulies and uh, Archie Punjabi. Yes, yes. I told you Rita um, Rita Wilson was on the on the set. She had like a role mm-hmm. in it, right? Rita Wilson's a woman. It's Tom Hanks' wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she she says she says to Julian Margulies. I've told this story before. She says to uh, Julian Margulies, um, "You look hot." Well, I don't mean like you know. You look like overheated, and Julian Margalis goes, "I get it." Oh, no. <laughs> mm. how dare you talk to Rita Wilson that way? Wow, I think how dare you? I think they hired Rita Wilson because they were expecting Tom Hanks to show up. <laughs> well, not <laughs> he if, like he, not if he talked to his wife like that. You, well, yeah, yeah, you know, she went home and told him about it. Right. She says, he could talk to me like that, but I'm going to tell yeah. you, Spielberg, everybody else. He'll Ow. show up to be like, watch your tone with my wife. I hope she's not watch snapping at people like that on the set of uh, the morning show. Is Julianne Margalis <laughs> on that? She's on, yeah, she was on uh, season two and she's on season three. And this show is just bonkers. I love it. It's so Are dumb. You caught up? I, I am finally caught up. It is so bad, but I love it. It is just it dumb. Bonkers. It's though? just mm-hmm. so it's stupid. It's like it's like out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, where so where are we going with this whole thing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I guess it's it's, this is Apple space? Plus, right? Yeah. Uh, Apple TV what Plus. Yeah. Apple Plus. There's some other stuff on Apple Plus. People are. Ted Lasso. I have so many questions about this. I have so many questions about this season. It is. I mean, the show has always been all over the place, but I feel like as each it's each season happens, they're doing less and less work trying to seem grounded and real. Because this was just like, did they pick a, a dark word? Okay, so we're gonna have racism, space travel. Yeah. And John Hamm. Like, there's <laughs> literally at the end of the first episode of the season, Kurt, it's um, Reese Witherspoon, John Hamm, and, um, uh, oh, God, what's the actor that plays Corey? Um, um, oh, Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. The three of them are floating slow motion in, a, a, like, outer space in the spaceship set to some operatic music. Oh, that does sound weird. But the Billy Crudup He's great on the show. She wasn't trained to go. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't trained, and they just put her on this ship. It was, the whole thing is insane. And she's a newscaster. She's like yeah. the, the, the evening news anchor. Billy Crudup is great on the show because he seems to be the only actor in the entire cast that realizes the show is dumb. So he's having the time of his life. And then they're like, well, oh, Oh, let's just throw January sixth in there too. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's character is like somehow ends up in the Capitol, capturing her own footage as the evening news anchor. And this guy like is beating up a Capitol officer, lifts a mask, and it's her brother. Right, man. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it's... I would like to see that. No, I was I was on a 
date with a woman one time, and she was while we were on the date, she was writing little love letters to Billy Crudup. Wait, on your date? Yes, because he was sitting at the next table. Uh, I hope she didn't and get a second date. Well, no, I don't think she. I wasn't too happy about this because I didn't know what she was doing. All of a sudden, she starts writing a note, and I was like, "What are you doing? I'm writing a note. Is it is it for me? No." And then she says, I, "I excuse me, I have to go." And I didn't know who Billy Crudup was. I didn't. I didn't Wait, recognize him. I have so. to go. No, no, no. She just she she had to go to like the restroom. But when but she really really what she was doing? She was handing this note to Billy Crudup, and then she came back and sat down. Now, I didn't know what was going on, Where- and I didn't recognize. I don't know who Billy Crudup was. So so all of a sudden, this man walks over to our table, looks at her, and says, "Thank you, thank you for that." And I was like, uh, "Excuse me, what is uh, what's who?" <laughs> And did you? I said, "Who is that?" <laughs> and, and did you end the date on the spot and say you're paying for your own dinner? Yeah, right. Uh, I don't think it ended on the spot, but I wasn't too happy about the situation because I kind of felt like, uh, "Mate, you should be giving me some attention right now." You know, she's like, "That is the greatest actor." Excuse me, I should be the greatest actor uh, right, right now. What's, what, what's, how what's did this? you meet this uh, person? Um, let's see, because I, I think I have, there were a couple women I met. I'm sure I got her confused with another one. There was one woman who, oh boy, I think this was the one that came to a show of mine. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> what? Should I continue? No, continue. Yeah, continue. I think she came to a show and she, like an improv show, whatever. I don't. I guess I hadn't met her before, and she wrote, but I, like I met her at the show, she writes her, we had a mailing a mailing address, she wrote her like a physical mailing address. So, so this woman was, you know, she was she was a very attractive woman, so I, I wrote her a letter, like an old-fashioned letter, and I was like, hey, let me, you know, take you out sometime, and she responded, she like, I sent my email address, this is this years ago. This is the worst so, production of love letters I've ever seen. Well, right. you know, you, you wanted me to continue. <laughs> Well, no, it started with you writing her a letter, and then she writes Billy Crudup a letter. Like, wow. But there's another woman I met at Actors Connection, and that's boy, that's a red flag. And I, it may have been the same woman. I'm trying to remember. I don't. So, know. what's Actors Connection? So many ladies. Uh, Actors Connection. <laughs> you must have. You got these in LA. This is when you show up and you pay money to meet a casting oh, director. Oh, casting director sure. workshop. You met a woman at a casting workshop. Oh, please. I don't think you that's bad. <laughs> I don't think that's bad. Everyone's kind of in the same boat in, in those but things. But I don't think people are at their best at a casting, paid casting workshop. Well, somehow I connected with a woman there. And it may have been the same. So she may have been the one. It may, I may have met her there. She came to the show, put her address, and I wrote her a letter. I think it was the same woman. Is that your move? Right? Well, it kind of worked. I went out with her. You're single-handedly keeping the chain papyrus in in, uh, business. Well, I had a few moves. I'm going to start working my my moves again. I use semicolons (laughs) in my emails. A a good move for you is to pretend that you are a swami. To pretend yes. that you you're just you're gonna take people's money, but they don't know it because you're dressed in a flowy outfit. Yes, and I did enjoy well, this, the flowy outfits on this too. Well, 
you know what I was thinking of when I watched this this Reese Company episode? It predated what's that HBO show about the guy who has the like the sex cult? Oh, um, what's that called? You know, any and any he Deadwood? like would brands the late what's it called? Oh, Nexium. Nexium, yeah. Oh yeah, this actually this is during a time when cults were really yeah it, in the news. This was very much a you know for lack of a better term, ripped from the headlines kind of episode. Cause this is from yeah. what, like 1979, I want to say. Yeah. So uh, this was during like the Moonies and the higher Krishna. Yeah. And yeah, the cult cults were like, we know one of those Moonies. He does those like Shakespeare shows. Like <laughs> <laughs> Three people will get that. Yeah. Um, He's going to kick your ass, Kurt. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad. Okay. But um but I remember I uh, <laughs> we used to fly a lot back then and so we would always see like Hira Krishna and Moonies and other cult type people <laughs> in airports and they would always try to like give you books or they would ask the way that they were asking for money, which we'll get to, was not off brand it was not far-fetched at all because they oh, would yeah. do that and i bought a book from one of those people this big thick book yeah because you feel sort of jolted into doing it <laughs> so for those of you who are listening we are talking about this week's or actually not this week's episode uh we're talking about an episode of three's company yeah. about a cult it's a season three episode, and it's a Chrissy-centric episode, which is why we picked it, because of uh, Suzanne. So the episode is called Chrissy and the Guru. Yes. Mm. Yes. So now, Chrissy, there was a lot of religion in Three's Come, because Chrissy's father was a, was a priest. Yep. I remember that. Yep. And that's part of why they, uh, made, you know, Chrissy was so innocent and naive, was because she grew up kind of protected. Right. So they're at the place that I would have loved to hang out at. The Regal Beagle. Oh yeah. Wait. And, I got wait, I need to grab something out of my closet, but keep talking. Hold on. I'm gonna okay. show you something. And, and, and Chrissy's Chrissy's depressed. Chrissy's yeah. depressed. Now we don't know why Chrissy's depressed, but she's depressed. And so, oh my God. He's got a Regal Beagle shirt. Yeah. A Regal Beagle shirt. I have a Regal Beagle sweatshirt. It's my favorite sweatshirt. Wow. I wouldn't even know what that is. It's because I don't remember Regal Beagle. I'm a huge Reeds Company fan. I just found out yesterday that, because I lived in Santa Monica briefly, and I'd always wanted to live in Santa Monica, partly because I loved Reeds Company so much growing up. I found out that I lived less than three blocks away from the, the exterior of that they use for the apartment building on the show. Oh, how funny. Wow. Isn't it kind of cool when, you know, you move you move to L.A. and then you see this and it's like, why do I know this? And mm -hmm. it ends up because it's like the exterior for something. Yeah. Well, I lived right around the corner from the Brady Bunch house. I think I mentioned that before. Because, like, you know, on, like, La Cienega and Melrose, that, like, that, that, that zebra skin building was titania records that dominique Devereaux mm -hmm. owned on dynasty yeah although yeah, that building looks that. totally different now they they redid True. that a few years back yeah 
True. Uh, when I first remember that movie, thank God it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, when I first moved to town, because it was, it was like the club was shaped as a whale. It was actually across the street from Beverly Center, where like that the Lowe's, uh, like it's that subway, and then there's that department store thing next to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That was the that used to be the club for Thank God It's Friday with the whale head. Okay. Anyway, so we don't know why Chrissy's depressed, but she's depressed. Yeah. And so Jack wants to cheer her up. Wait, so what was it? Chrissy said, don't say anything happy. No, she. Jana kind of clocked the Yeah, Jana kind of clocked that Chrissy was sad. And she's like, what's wrong? And she's like, "Uh, just, you know, just sad and then jack's trying to like be goofy to cheer up and she's like no no no, i don't want to i don't want to be cheered up right now and then jack's like all right well then i'll she's like tell me something depressing I, i'd rather hear that jd's like well i don't want to get depressed so they set up this moment of john ritter being all super john rittery and he gets to do this like physical wacky bit where he's saying this horrible depressing thing while Janice got her ears covered and Chrissy has her eyes covered. And while he's saying this horrible, depressing thing, he's making faces and standing on the chair. And he's got his le- pant legs rolled up and putting napkins on his head and stuff. Straws in his nose. Yeah. 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 And then. then it, uh, no, go ahead. No, then the ropers come in. Yeah. So basically their shtick was that Mrs. Roper was sex starved, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was horny. And he was not, so he had no libido, basically. Correct. Right. She wanted it. So, this, and this was pre, like, Viagra. Oh, way pre. And also, growing up, when I was younger, I, I perceived the Ropers as much, much older than they were. And now that I I'm watching too. it through the lens of being a 51-year-old, I'm like, I think oh, they're I supposed to be around our age. It better not be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which means he just needed to get his testosterone checked. Yeah. They weren't in their 50. You're telling Mr. Roper was our age? I yes. 1000% believe that. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit older, older, but yeah. The Golden Girls. Yeah. Oh my God. God help me. We're we're older than people on a cocoon. No, just the actor playing. (laughs) Well, we're (laughs) older than Wilford Brimley, but not the characters in that movie, Uh, at least. I'm older than. Well, we, John all, and we, are, we are older because I remember. Jesus. Well, I, I hope I can make it through the podcast. I may die of old age. Well, the funny thing Donna is, Donna Michi is younger than me. I remember watching Golden Girls and thinking that old lady is so horny, but she's like so old. And now I'm like, oh, she wasn't that old. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you people age that. better now. That is true because yeah. it, looking back on this, you know, Jack, Janet, and Chrissy are all supposed to be like in their early to mid twenties, and they look like, especially Jack, like he looks forty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. so Mister, so Mister Roper seriously just needed to get his testosterone checked and yeah. some Viagra, and he would have been all set. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, in the lights and go to town. So and there were a lot of you know double entendres like 
um, he, Mr. Roper, wanted to splurge on something special, and and Mrs. Roper thought, oh, you could that means sex, but he wanted a scotch. Yeah. He said he'd go, he go, this is, I mean, a a typical uh, Stanley Roper moment is he says, I I come to, I come here to forget my troubles. And then Norman Phil gets to just mug for the camera. They loved a good Norman Phil mug at the camera joke. And then he was upset because he got a letter from the IRS. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't really explained. I don't know what the issue was there. And then Mrs. Roper ordered a gin on the rocks and that sounded disgusting. I was never much of a gin person when I drank. I've only been sick gin. from drinking twice in my life, and one of the times it was a lot of gin. So I can't touch yeah. it. Mm. Well, so, then, just, so then so then Jack and Chrissy. Oh no, sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, no, I was gonna say they say in improv scenes there's the game of the scene. So that's that's the that's the game. She's horny. Okay. He doesn't want it. Yeah. And they just keep playing the game. Yeah. But she's not only horny, she's like rabid. She like wants she it. She should. She, it. I guess she hadn't had it in like decades because she. They was should like, open their relationship, so she can. You know, I don't know what he, he think of that, but. Well, it was in seventies when people did that, like it was a thing. You're saying they don't do that now, Les? No, they do. Do you do have that any now, gay friends? Back then, back, no, they do it now for sure. But back Are then, swingers? it wasn't. Like, it wouldn't be, like, a far-fetched idea. See, I was thinking this very thing the other day. I was thinking, are there, like, swingers still out there? Are there still people having key parties and stuff like that? I think that they exist, but maybe under different names and versions of that. Like, I don't know if anyone's actually putting keys in a bowl. Maybe they are, but uh, at least in the gay community that, like, tons of relationships are open. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, oh, so so they're having drink. Uh, so Jack, Janet, and Chrissy are having drinks, and then these two cult members show up with very weird accents. Like their accents were very weird for no reason, and they had tambourines. Tambourines, yeah, yeah tambourines. What's it like inside your tambourine? And so they're asking for change, and they're like basically in their faces. And they like they first they went to Jack and he gave them some change. Then they went to Janet. So like they were greedy cult no, members. Jack didn't give them change, and neither did Janet. That was the and problem. They were for, and they no, he were did. For, he, he gave them a quarter. Oh yeah, he did. Okay, you're right. And they were from Swami Mega Magesh. Swami Rama Magish. Magish. And nice. then he comes in. And he actually, so Chris, did Chrissy, Chrissy ended up giving them all of her money. Right? So he came in and says something and, oh no, before he came in, when the, the two women were hounding Janet, Janet like tried blowing him off by saying like, oh, I don't have any money or I didn't bring my money. And Chris is like, yeah, you did. Remember you told me to hold on to it. And she gives them all the money that Janet brought. Which was only like four dollars, but remember, this is the late seventies, and that was a lot of money to for them to buy their drinks that night. That was probably like three drinks a piece, right? At, yeah, exactly. And so then, 
uh, when the this when the the leader comes in, he gives them their money back. Yeah. And and then, then they they cut to like uh, Stanley and Helen, and Stanley sees all this going on, and and he's like, ah, all they want is your money. And hell, I like Helen because she points at the hypocrisy. She's like, yeah, just like landlords. Right. Oh yeah, that was good. Right. And so then it was like a And then Jack made a joke about how the um how they were all dressed and Chrissy kind of sticks up for them and says, Don't make fun of how they're dressed. And then the Swami looks at Chrissy and tells her that she is why. And then she likes that, so she invites him to join them. So he joins them, and he starts talking cult talk. And then they're back at home, Mm -hmm. and Jack comes in, and Janet's there, and he's like, where's Chrissy? And Janet's like, oh, Chrissy went to give them the money that they pay them back. And Jack's like, wait, why is she paying them back? It was our money. Yeah. He, then they used and, an Yes, term. they did. Wow. Yes. That actually really shocked me that they used that term. Yes. I was like, ooh, that didn't age well. It, they must not be seeing a ton of people going through and rewatching these shows because to me that seems like a, a line that would have almost certainly have been edited out if somebody had flagged it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jack's mm-hmm. like... But he's a pejorative. <laughs> we can say it, right? We we can say it in the it, just in conveying what was said. It's it's a term that was a derogatory way of saying we gave someone something and they took it back. Yeah. See, I used to use that term. I some I learned that when I was a kid. I haven't used it recently. Mm-hmm. Don't use it now. No. No, I wouldn't. But you know what I hear sometimes? I still hear, which I thought was I thought was outdated, was people say the master bedroom. That's master outdated. Bedroom. That, that's, yeah, master you don't bedroom. hear a lot of people railing against that, but it's it's not used anywhere near as much as it used to be. It's it's getting phased what I didn't out. Like, what I didn't like was I, I liked saying grandfathered in and apparently grandfathered in has roots that are not I, I, don't that what else, I don't know what else to use because i always like that like your grand like i was grandfathered into sag because i was a member of after mm-hmm. i don't know what how else to describe it like it's it's a good word i'm legacy you know? maybe it's, something like that yeah maybe legacy in. i don't know yeah but grandfathered has some kind of it, the roots of it aren't uh, on the level. Okay, good to know. Because I'd never, I'd never heard that one. But right, but these days my motto is: if I hear there's something up with it, I just don't say it anymore. <laughs> the master bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's just the easiest road. To, like if right. I hear it, it's like then just I'll just stop saying it, and just won't go into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So Chrissy comes home with a box. Like, it looked like she'd been shopping or something. 
And so Jack and Janet leave the room and then Chrissy walks out of the room and she's wearing the cult outfit, which actually was not a bad outfit. It would make a great Halloween costume. Seriously. Let's all go as, as the disciples of Swami Rama Magish this year. And the colors weren't bad. I want to go as Annabelle. I think you should go as Annabelle. Yeah, do it. I got my Halloween mapped out uh, for me. Yeah, I got to start thinking about that. Because Halloween is just around the corner and... It, there are multiple parties, and you can't wear the same costume to each party. Really? No. It's socially frowned upon, but you can do it. You can. And I also think we've gone through several years of this now where I think it's it's easy <laughs> to recycle costumes from past years. So you don't have to buy, like, three new costumes. You just need three different costumes this year. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, these parties sound like work. You got to get three different costumes, man. Well, I'm going to New Orleans this weekend for my um, my reunion. So I think while I'm down there, I'm going to pick up some things. I, I have my I have I, I'm going to a music festival the weekend leading up to Halloween. So I've got two costumes for that. And I've got two Halloween costume parties, so I'm going to recycle those two outfits at the two parties. I work. I'm working for a Halloween attraction, and they give me an outfit. It's perfect. That's good. That's where I I get my Halloween fixin'. And I named my character. He is Lord William Hennington III. Oh, good. Do you have a top hat? No. No. I've just given him this nobility. So I'm sh- I'm still trying to decide I, to get. And there's always that. There's always that. Do I go sexy or funny? Well, I can't help but be sexy. I. So I I try to do sexy because. But I also I'm very cognizant when I do costumes of I don't want it to be like something stuff sticking out or like I don't want like wigs and makeup and all the stuff that I'm going to be bothered by all night long and no props. And you need pockets. Diaper. I did. I did. No props to worry about. No props. I was very wearing very little clothing. Yeah, there's no props. (laughs) Right. Did you have a rattle or something? I had a pacifier, but it was on a, a chain around my neck. So if I let go of it, it was around my neck. Because it gets really crowded at Halloween, mm-hmm. Kurt. Like hundreds of people, thousands of people. Yeah. Millions of people. No, it, it is like yeah. thousands of people. It's hundreds of thousands of people. Well, I'll get out there at some point. Yeah, you should. Yes, and then we'll take you for cake. Work. Oh, so so the um, so the guru had a book that went along with the cult, and it was called Pearls of the Profound. Yeah. And then Chrissy yeah. announces that not only is it a cult, the cult leader Swami is building a commune in Big Sur. So Chrissy is going to be moving to Big Sur. I think that was a nod to the episode director Dave Powers, who. Uh, 
from season three onward, directed every episode of Three's Company and Three's a Crowd. He is from Big Sur. Okay. Wow. I did my research. Yeah. So, so then we cut back to the Ropers. Mr. Roper is still upset about this letter from the IRS. He's crunching numbers. And then he says, it looks like we're going to make it. And Mrs. Roper starts freaking out because she thinks that means that they're going to have sex. Uh, yeah, Helen Roper thinks she's getting a D. Right. Wow. And she was not getting a D. She wants it from Yes. Norman Fell. And she looked like she was just like going to like jump out of her skin. Yeah. I mean, that's why she wears those boo-moos. It just comes off real easily when it's time. Yeah. Damn. And, and so the doorbell rings and it's Chrissy and Chrissy is asking for a donation. And then Mrs. Roper makes a sex joke. And then what was we're back. What was it? Do you guys remember what the sex joke was? It had something to do with the fact that, that, like, Chrissy was interrupting while Mrs. Roper thought she was getting some. So she was basically telling Chrissy that, like, if she cares at all about her, like, she'll go away. I don't remember what the joke itself was, though. But that was the gist. Okay. So then we're back at the apartment, Jack, Chrissy, and Janet's apartment. And we find out that Chrissy has taken all of her money out of the bank. Which was how much? $327. Yeah. Okay, so I did an inflation calculator. Oh, okay. How much? So how much do you think that would be in 2023? Like a thousand. Couple grand. Easily a few grand. <clears throat> it would be $1,543.67. Oh, wow. Well, they had, like, oh, wow. they, their rent for that apartment, uh, famously was only $300 a month. And they couldn't even afford that and had to get a third roommate. Yeah. That was a, a, a two bedroom apartment in Santa Monica in the late seventies was three and seemingly their rent never went up over all those seasons. Uh, $300 for that apartment. Cause that apartment that looks like that would probably be like 3000 or 4000 a month. Easy. Maybe now. When I lived in Santa Monica, this is 15 or so, uh, probably like 18 years ago, I think we were paying what seemed like a really good amount, actually, at the time, about $1,900 a month for a two-bedroom. Uh-huh. And in the same general area of Santa Monica where they were. You know, this was, yeah. I, I was putting it for 1978, which I believe was when this, this aired. Okay. But yeah, so her life savings, $327 a month. So so Jack is trying to reason with Chrissy, but Chrissy just is not having it. Mm -hmm. She's determined to go to Big Sur. She's determined to join this cult. And there's nothing they could do about it. Maybe it would have worked out for her. So she's putting up $1,500. they are going to give her a place to live. She doesn't have any any more money. So she's going to live there. Where are they going to feed her? Well, she's going to go there, and then he's going to use her to bilk all the people in her life for money, too, so they can get her out of the cult. 
and he's hoping to yeah, take no, it, advantage of her sexually. Yeah. No. No, it's not good. And I, I, I have. We're, we're not going to play the guessing game of who this is, but I certainly have had somebody that I know who gets who has gotten involved in this this kind of stuff. Uh huh. And was very susceptible to these kind of things. Uh huh. But we've talked no to Les about it, and he's not joined any cult since, Kurt. It's not Les. Yeah. Not Les Kirk on the Barrett. But I remember one one situation, there was somebody who had a book, some e-book that this person purchased. Uh-huh. So that was like a waste of money. Oh. So the, so the Swami comes over, and Chrissy, like, leaves the room, and Jack starts yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And this Swami was smart because Jack's yelling at the, the Swami and Swami's like, yeah, and what? I am bilking her. <laughs> he, just, he just owned it because he knows that Chrissy's not going to believe Jack anyway. Right. Yeah, that's what he's like. He's like, she's not going to believe you anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, so, I like this next part I like. Because then Jack and Janet leave, and they pretend like they're going out to the Regal Beagle. But they put their snooping hats on and sneak back in through the window, the kitchen window. I like that. I should point out, as a reminder, they live on at least the second floor. Definitely upstairs. They're not at ground level. Oh. They had to go ladder. Well, they climbed through the kitchen window. That was impressive. If they're on the second floor, that was very impressive. But it could also be one of those ones where they have like a uh, like a landing on like the whole outside of the apartment is on a landing that people walk by to go to the other units. Because in the opening credits, Janet is pouring, uh, she's watering plants, and Chrissy's out there laying out sunning. And gets watered oh, by Janet. Right. So they must have a large landing outside their apartment. Okay. So, so, so while they're sneaking in, the Swami is in the living room hitting on Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Making his move. Yeah, he's making, he's making his move. Why doesn't he write her a letter? That's what I do when I yeah, make a right? Move. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like, hey, Chrissy, you're the best actress ever. Yeah, I'm on a date, but that doesn't matter. Take this yeah, here's note. a note. Billy Crudup. Who, who's that just walked up to our table? Oh, that was Billy Crudup, the greatest actor ever. Great. So so then, and so, the, so yeah, the guru is hitting on her, and all he cares about is he's like, did you get the money? And Chrissy's like, yeah, I got, I got the money. And so... The guru leaves. Well, cause, no, because Jack, like, Jack uh, storms out of the kitchen into the living room. Jack and Janet both storm out there and scare him off. And then uh, Christy's like, yeah, I, I know what he was doing. He's a, you know, basically like he's a sleaze ball. I know he was hitting on me, but I needed him to get close to me so I could get my money back. Which was a and nice twist at the back. end there, yeah. See, Chrissy was smart. Yeah. And it was, and it ended happily ever after. Mm-hmm. There's an episode of the Ropers where um, Chrissy and Chrissy and Janet come over 
and they're planning a surprise party with Mr. for Mrs. Roper. So they're in the room and they're playing music. So Mr. Roper's dancing with the two of them and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor lives next door. So he's looking in the window. He's like shocked. He's a misunderstanding. And somebody comes out and sees him and he, 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 he's holding a hose. He puts the hose in his pocket. Not so loud. He's like, Oh, well, the next thing you know, he has no pants on. So now he's got no pants on. He's in his home. And then Mr. Roper, he sees Mrs. Roper coming outside and he forgets he has no pants on. So he runs out. He says, Mrs. Roper, I want to show you something. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, Stanley. That scene made an impact on my life. I, but... Oh, Stanley, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They were horrified. You probably haven't noticed this yet, Les, but Jeffrey Tambor played multiple characters throughout the run of Three's Company, none of which were the character that he played on the Ropers. Oh, he so gets he guest starred in Three's Company, I think, three or four different times as different characters oh, every went, time. I went to Book Fest. Uh, I think it was called Book Fest, like the Comic Con, like Book Con, maybe it's called. But anyway, it was in New York, and Jeffrey Tambor had written a, a book, so we went to see him speak and do a Q&A, and somebody in the audience asked about Three's Company. And he's like, you want to ask me about Three's Company? And he's like, oh, there it says, so what did you learn from Jack Ritter? And he said, be kind. Ah, well, that didn't age so well. <laughs> well, Jeffrey Tambria. Yeah. <laughs> that was he a little too kind. Ah, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but this was yeah. good. I. I it's yeah. it's it's sad that we had to watch this under such unfortunate circumstances. It was nice to watch yeah. it through a critical lens, though, because I never really sat and watched Three's Company and analyzed it. I just watched it out of enjoyment or comfort food or whatever. And it, it was very fun to watch it through that critical lens. Yeah, it was fun. And I think it's sad that she that she passed away, but I also look at things and, and think, well, you know, she seemed to have a good life. She had a lot more success than a lot of people in the industry. You know, she's she had she had longevity. She had at least she had two hit shows. Three, most people, three most long running one. series. What was the other one? She's the sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. That lasted like two or three seasons. And step by step. Step by step, I was thinking. Because yeah. I did watch. I was living in the states when Step by Step was on, so I did watch Step by Step. Yeah, most people don't get those opportunities, and some people might get one show, but then you know you see them trying to get another show, and they can never get another show. And so then, and then she actually personifies what it's like to pivot, because then she with the Thigh Master, that she totally pivoted that way, and well, that's how she made like. The I, I think because that, that that kind of it, it went from three's company to her not really being able to get work for a while and then i i don't remember if the thigh master she's the sheriff came first but one of them was clearly like a okay i can't really get work as an actor right now because i'm still kind of blackballed so i'm doing i'm gonna sell this thigh master oh. thing yeah so that's like sheriff so that's like that's like the example of how that's how you pivot. I'm trying to see where how long she, I don't think she's a sheriff was on that long. It was at least two seasons, but I think it's three. 
Plus, that was one of those like syndicated first run syndicated shows. That was one, we, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Where AB, or NBC did an experiment one year where on their owned the NBC owned television stations, they were trying to extend prime time, but they couldn't do that across the entire network. So they bought some of these first run syndicated shows to air at seven thirty, and she's the sheriff was one of those shows. Okay, it had 44 episodes. So that's probably two seasons. Yeah, it looks, it looks like that's what it, what it was. Well, okay. rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. Yes. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. Looks like it was a good run. It was a good run. Oh, my God. You know what I read? And I read this in more than one um, thing. She and her husband would get to it like three times a day. Yeah. Where did you hear this? Several places, including it, it was in a the news. YouTube interview with her. It saying. was in the news a couple of years about, uh, ago. Because I actually posted something about it because I thought it was well, such Mrs. a funny Roper story. Would have, Mrs. Roper would have... Uh, she would have liked a piece of that. Yeah. And this is like while she's in her 60s and her husband was older. Well, three times a day. So they so they spaced it out. So th- I, I don't know. This was the headline because I, I posted on my Instagram, Big Shot Jason. Uh, uh, from March 20th, 2021, the headline, uh, Suzanne Summers, 74, and Alan Hamill, 84, have sex, quote, three times before noon. Oh my yeah. god, that's not true. Well, you think that's true? Came and knocked oh, so on her door. She's been waiting for him. Come on, knock on her door. Right? Well, I don't believe that. Well, three, it's three times. Three's company. Yeah. Hey. This guy's how old? 84? Yep. Well, now he's 86, but yeah. Yeah. Not three too. times a day. He has to cut it down to Two and a half times. All right, well, maybe. What's a half time? Yeah, what's a half time, Kurt? You know what it is. I don't. That's why I asked. <laughs> I. Okay, good. I'll believe it. I have no reason not to believe it. Jeez. Well, <laughs> He's like, well, you've made it this long. <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey, so gentlemen out there, you better get it together. If this 86 year old man is like hitting it three times a day. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah, you get to work too. <laughs> <laughs> you can forget it. And ladies, if you want it three times a day, look elsewhere. <laughs> well, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on my website, leskirkendallbarrett.com. Jason. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. It helps more people find us and all the weird, bizarre pop culture things that we do talk about on this show. Uh, you can find all of us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And you f- can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Big Shot Jason. Kurt? Oh, I don't think I have anything to, to promote. I guess I'm still on that shelf-shedding movie podcast. You could... Um, check that out. That's all I've got for now. And if you are in New York City on November 9th, you can come and see my show, The Real Black Swan, Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen, as part of the the Gotham Storytelling Festival at the 
at under St. Mark's. And for more information, you can go to, I believe it is frigidfest.org. Okay, that's where I did my very first solo show, under St. Mark's. Oh. The birth of Kurt Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. See? (laughs) That's where I was birthed. Ugh. Well, anyway, I am starving, so I'm going to go. So I guess we'll talk about moonlighting next week. Yep. So I'll see y'all next week. On the way. Bye. Bye. Bye.